welcome back everyone. This is episode, I do believe, number 72. That's kind of cool that we've gotten to the point where I can't remember what episode it is. But uh, the fact that we are at 72, that must mean that for the heck of it, let's talk about comic books. And who am I talking about comic books with? Mr. Clarence Brown, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. How about you? I can't complain, considering the fact I can't remember what episode number we're on. (laughs) Well, it is 72. Get on up there in age. Well, there there you go. There you go. Uh, So we're going to be talking a little bit about Marvel and DC. So there's not one central topic tonight, but just as a warning, some of the things that we will be talking about will be spoilers so if you would if you do not want to know anything about DC metal and if you do not want to know the identity of Mr. Oz from oh uh, DC Comics then you need to put us on pause go download those uh not episodes those issues run out to your comic shop pick them up come back start at, you know after you read them play them again i mean uh, hit play will still be here so for the sake of saying if you've not or do not want to know the answer to who is Mr. Oz then spoilers 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 so There we are. Spoilers are bound, and we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Oz, but we're also going to talk about DC Metal. But before we do that, Clarence, I've got some news. I've got a couple of... Well, 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 before we get into the news, uh, you had a recent comic discussion with an area local uh, comic vendor. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Uh, Yeah, I will. And, you know, your psychic, uh, either that or we've been doing so many episodes now that... uh, you and I are starting to be telepathic here. so uh, <laughs> like, like the doctor. There you go. Hello. <laughs> All right. So our, uh, having said that, yes, I did have a very good discussion with our friend Sergio from Reality Breach this Sunday afternoon with one of the owners or the new owners of Vans Comics here in Ridgeland, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting to hear some of the other things they do to – uh, bolster their business that's not just comics. Yeah, it's interesting in the fact of, um, you know, if and anybody that wants to hear what we're talking about, check out realitybreach.com. It's one of the local spotlights, and you can check out the episode that uh, Clarence and I are talking about. But, yeah, I found that very interesting that, you know, you took this comic shop and you made it into a safe haven to some degree yeah definitely definitely you know um they talked about the amount of space in the building and how you know all the comics are pretty much lined against the wall and it's just you know you go in there you see all these tables and i know even i had the question when i first walked in what is going on here (laughs) and obviously from you guys' conversation some pretty cool things to do with uh tabletop games and, and and different geek culture type things going on there so it's just great and uh definitely check out that episode over realitybreach.com 
Yeah, and one thing that I was going to mention, which was where I said you must be psychic, which is they will have, they being Vans Comics here, like I said, in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi. So if you are local to Mississippi and you are listening to us, check out the show notes uh, on our page or on this episode in the um, podcast player that you're listening to. They have, or we have a link to their Facebook page and Come next week, which is September the 26th, 2017, the current owners will be celebrating their one-year anniversary. So, um, you know, I think they've got some events planned for the 26th. So, again, if you're listening to us before then, then check them out and tell them that you heard about them from Discussing Who podcast and let them know that we sent you uh, to check them out. So, yeah, good news, good news. I always like good news. Awesome sauce. So speaking of news, you have some news for us? Actually? I did have some news, and this is more uh, good news. And so I'm curious uh, to see what your reaction is or your thoughts here. Uh, okay. I posted this yesterday evening on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash discussing who, which is Marvel has announced that I believe starting in December that there will be a mini series or an event series in the X-Men world called Phoenix Resurrection, which is the return of the adult Jean Grey. Hmm. Thoughts? Uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't too excited about this, but I knew the minute I saw this pop up, I knew that you would be all about this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so give us a little history on how she went away. And do you have any ideas on how they're going to bring her back? I do. I do. And yes. So, and in that order, I will say, um, <laughs> how did she go away? Well, Jean Grey um, as we know her in the adult Jean Grey, the last time she died, which, you know, that's just kind of what Jean does. But the <laughs> adult Jean, the last time she died was in New X-Men number 250, I believe. I, I may not be completely correct on the uh numbering but i am or it might have been 150 but uh, i am correct in saying that um when she died uh it was the end of uh grant morrison's run on the x-men and to kind of give you an idea of grant morrison's run he introduced the beast looking like uh what i call the kitty cat beast he wow. put uh emma in um uh, he, he put Emma in the X-Men, and he uh, also was responsible for the breakup of Scott and Jean's marriage, and, you know, that we've talked about previously on this podcast. Um, he was responsible for uh, some of the most weird-looking mutants that ever came out of, um, you know, the X-Men comic of characters, and... Uh, at the end of it, allegedly this character, well, there was this character named Zorn, and, and again, spoilers, but we've already said spoilers. There was this character named Zorn that was revealed to be Magneto in disguise, who then killed Jean by making her have a stroke, and it killed her, which ah. 
to me was like, okay, Jean has the power of the phoenix. <laughs> you killed her by making her making her have a blood clot, basically. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense, does it? Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. I think it was just they wanted to, as he went out, was let's go out with a bang. Oh, well, let's kill Gene. And that's, you know, that's what they did. Which, eh, you know, you just knew that Gene would come back eventually. Yeah, which is kind of my secondary thought on this whole announcement is that they're trying to align this with the upcoming movie for Dark Phoenix next year uh, by Fox. Yep, and that was part two, and that's what I wanted to get your thoughts on, which was, you know, Marvel has had this tendency to shy away from, uh, you know, anything X-Men, you know, promoting any of the Fox movies, and I find that really weird that you're resurrecting Jean Grey Right before the movie comes out the next year. Well, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to mend some relationships, maybe. Maybe. Um, I mean, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm actually saying, and I'm hoping that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think it'll get the comic faithful on board and excited for a new movie. I know it's not going to be direct tie-ins, but just to see the the mainline character back in action will will, uh, get a lot of people excited. So to answer your question as to how do I think they're going to bring her back, so here's here's my thought. Um, there has been in the last uh, four or five months, six months, I'm not, so basically since about March or April, we've had a Jean Grey comic, which has never been a Jean Grey named Jean Grey comic, you know, before, and it's the younger Jean Grey that's stuck in the present, and she has been throughout this comic. Um, the um, the bird of fire, the phoenix effect, has been appearing to her, and she and the phoenix effect has been, or the phoenix has been talking to her, and she's confronted with, oh well, I don't want to be the phoenix, and I, how do I not become the phoenix? Well, there's a twist to the story that they revealed in the most recent issue, saying that what has been communicating with her is not the phoenix per se but the adult gene gray oh that's cool that's cool so i'm not quite sure how that's going to play out but now that i hear phoenix resurrection gene gray what does this mean for young gene what does this mean for older gene well you know well this is not unprecedented to have two the young and the older existing together so you know it could work no it Considering that we have, you know, older Bobby, younger Bobby, we have, you know, older Beast. The only original that we don't have older and older is Cyclops because the older Cyclops is dead. Yeah, yeah. So, or is he? Or is he? <laughs> no, I think they pretty much have said he's dead. Okay. But speaking of, but, 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 but speaking of X-Men, I want to switch from comics to TV for a second. We have reviewed on our Discussing Comics YouTube uh, playlist on the Discussing Who uh, YouTube channel, the Gifted on Fox. Well, it's coming up, I think, next week. Any thoughts yet or any more thoughts? That you, there's been some more TV trailers. Have you seen uh, those and do you have any uh, thoughts? I've seen parts. Uh, I do say I'm a little, a bit more optimistic than I was before. Um, 
I think I saw a scene where they kind of blew up the high school or something like that. Right. And it seemed pretty interesting. Uh, I have a better understanding now, I think, of what the concept of the show is going to be than I did before. Uh, kind of like this family on the run. Uh, okay. David Banner style. And <laughs> and then getting tracked down. So I, I think that's, that might be cool. Uh, so what, basically, what don't, make the, don't make the mutants angry because you wouldn't like them when they're angry? Yes, well said, sir. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm liking it more because it's gotten better now that we've seen more or the alternative to another Marvel new television show. Is it just that much darn better than Inhumans? <sighs> to me, just the I don't know if it's going to be better, but it seems like the basic premise seems a bit more exciteful than anything we've seen from from Inhumans. Have you read any spoilers since the premiere? Are people talking about or anything on Inhumans? I have not. So no, I, the only thing that I have read is, you know, like uh, review after 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 review of we hated it, we hated it, we hated it, oh, we hated man. it. Oh, well, man. And, you know, just <laughs> looking at, you know, I was sitting here while you were talking and thinking, just looking at the two, if you put those two trailers side by side, and it goes back to what you say, which one looks more action-oriented and which one doesn't, the Inhumans just looks very stilted and generic almost. And yeah, and also I think with the Inhumans, they may have to do a little more uh, backstory in the first few episodes to establish the characters, whereas... You could kind of jump into the gifted sort of like you think of a show like um uh what's what's the CBS the NBC show that came out of, of Heroes. Few, yeah, Heroes. Like all you need to know really is superheroes on the run and that's pretty much all you need to dive into it. But then humans it's a little more um backstory needed to kind of figure out what's going on with this royal family thing, you know? Yeah, and and, and does the fact that them being the royal family, does that, regardless of if they're persecuted or not, but the simple fact of setting them as a royal family sets them above everyone else. And I'd never thought of it uh, uh, like this before, but does that in some way alienate them from the very beginning because they are a, Top, you know, they're at the top of their hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. And when you think of that in terms of this television show existing in the same universe as the movies, the t- entire MCU, which I'm thinking it is, I haven't heard otherwise. Yeah. How did this? How does this family that is presumably greater in almost every aspects, or or just quote unquote a royal family? How does seeing them on TV equate to what we've seen in movies and things like that? And how does that um, how are your preconceptions of what it should be going to going to um, impact how you actually like the show? Right. Well, see, you know, it, it goes back to with the Inhumans. You know, we've we've heard of Inhumans in the MCU considering, you know, how they were played up in. The agents of Shield. Yes, yes. You know, yes. so so we've heard you know about the, there being a mist, but they've you know, and they've heard you've heard about um, 
different factions and you've heard about, you know, rulers, but you've, I, to my understanding and knowledge, they've never mentioned a royal family. Yeah. And, and, and again, this is like conceptually again, like the A team, you know, all the other television shows we have in the Marvel universe are pretty much the B team, you know, right. Uh, they could go unnoticed and, and not really impact the MCU, but this is like an A tier team of, of heroes. And, how are you going to do that on a small screen? I don't know. I, I, I don't either. I, you know, I think, you know, I think there, you know, what would have been interesting, and I think that may be where they were trying to go with this by um, casting the, act, the actor who played uh, Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. You know, it, it sounds like you've got this Maximus versus Black Bolt, uh, tr- you know, vying for the throne. And, 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 you know, in that same breath that I'm talking about people not relating to kings and queens and uh, <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones is one of the most watched TV shows ever. So it, it, well, I just don't know. Well, I mean, this show is definitely not going to have a, a Game of Thrones budget or a Star Trek Discovery budget. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be on ABC. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it will be a runaway success. Uh, who knows? Uh, but yeah. one thing that we know it, where you said it's going to be on ABC, one thing that I know that it won't be on, at least, well, unless it's playing on NBC on this particular platform, is on Hulu, which, speaking of runaway success and something that might be a runaway success, there's something called The Runaways, uh, coming to Hulu. It's 10 episodes premiering on November the 21st, and it's from Marvel as well. So tell me, Clarence, I, and, and not a lot of people do, are you familiar with The Runaways? Not in the slightest. Uh, fill me in, sir. So here's the, here's the um, Reader's Digest on The Runaways. Whereas the gifted will be on the run from uh, the government from hunting them because they're mutants, the Runaways in the comic uh, premiered, I think, around in the early 2000s, and they were children of criminals, of some type of criminal. Maybe not all of them were like super criminals, but uh, they were children of criminals that ran away from their parents because they didn't like what their parents were doing for the most part. And hence they uh, teamed up together. They weren't like a, let's go be superheroes. They were runaways, literally. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm reading the synopsis or the premise on Wikipedia. Uh, Six teenagers from different backgrounds unite against a common enemy. Their criminal parents commonly collectively known as the pride. So that, that sounds interesting. I think I could get into that. Yeah. Some of their, some of their, uh, characters, uh, backgrounds, they expanded on one of which you found out was the son of a well-known MCU villain. And I won't say any more than that, but, um, that was in case that's the route they go. Uh, so I'm curious to see, you know, I'm going to watch it at least the first episode to see if it hooks me. And who knows, we may be reviewing Runaways uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, a bit discouraged about it being on Hulu, but uh, everything is going to silos these yeah. days. So, 
All right, so I've got one more TV show that we've mentioned on here that's coming. Uh, it won't be on Freeform until 2018, which is Cloak and Dagger, and we've actually mentioned that in a previous episode. However, I've seen the logo, which I think is cool. I just saw the logo earlier today, so I'm, I won't really get into any more on Cloak and Dagger because, again, that's almost a year away, but that's coming. Well, let me ask you a more general question about what Marvel is doing in the television space. Okay. Do you believe they are doing too much? Are they trying to catch up to DC in the television space? Because DC has a lot of stuff out there. But it seems like Marvel is just about to pass them in, in, in shows and things like that. It's it's getting a bit crowded. Yeah, it it is. But, okay, so here's here's what I do like about what what Marvel has done in the way that it has um, repurposed or not repurposed, but purposed its content for different markets and different genres. Um, I like the fact that The Runaways is not for everybody. And I have a feeling if you, unless they put them big Marvel logo and say, Hey, you know, Marvel's runaways, which, you know, they have every right to do and probably will do and should do. I yeah. don't think that you, you could have the runaways and never say that their parents were the, any major Marvel villain and it still be a concrete story. And I like that because there's an audience for that. Whereas with the Netflix Marvel universe, some of it is a little bit darker, more adult oriented. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. The Fox thing, well, they don't really, con- you know, that's not necessarily Marvel. Um, I, I, I don't know that I dis or do like it. Um, you know, I, pretty much all of the DC stuff is on the CW for the most part. Um, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I mean, it does seem interesting. I mean, it seems like even the Marvel television shows are kind of echoing what they're doing with the movies in the sense that you have these different shows that are kind of about superheroes, but they're shows about the people's lives, I think, a little bit more um, with the gifted, this family running away. Okay, the backdrop is their superhero powers, but... They're just a family trying to find peace by, while being hunted. And I think, I, I guess maybe so, not so much in Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D. That one's pretty on the nose. But it seems like even with some of the Netflix shows, they're kind of half about the people's lives, half about their, them being superheroes. Whereas I feel with the DC stuff on television, it's pretty much all about them being heroes. Yeah, you, you get, it's not pretty much. You're right. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 they are the, you know, it's, look at Supergirl. It's yeah. all about yeah. her and the secret identity, and and it goes back to I think the difference in the in the end between Marvel and DC. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So one other thing, and let's get out of television and get back <laughs> into print comics. Since we have reviewed uh, the Captain America Secret Empire ending, there has been a. Uh, secret uh, Empire Omega or Omega, whichever uh, way you want to say it. Um, and it looks like Captain, what I'll call Captain Hydra, 
is staying around in reality because he, uh, he being Steve, went to visit him in prison. Interesting, interesting. Um, you know, let's mention it again. In a world where there are doubles of everything, I think it could be interesting to have him around. Um, does he still seem like he has he, he's full-fledged Hydra? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because he okay. basically says, in a nutshell, for as, you know, in my reality, I believe just, you know, I am who I am as much as you are who you are. I believe my reality as much as you believe yours. So it's not a, and, and it was an interesting twist, but, it, you know, to for me to look at it like that, but it wasn't like, you know, your megalomaniac, um, evil villain saying, you know, I'm going to take over the world, you know, and fall, you know, all the heroes. It was, this is, you know, I believe that I was always Hydra and I, this is what I, this is how I see the world. And, you know, basically you are who you are. I am who I am. Yeah. I mean, and that's core to Cap's character. You know, he's gung ho for good. You know, I mean, I feel that way. And he was gung ho for Hydra. Yeah, yeah, and he just believes it's right, and he believes that believes that in his heart. So it's it's kind of cool to see that opposite when another person or another country has that opposite thought that they're actually doing the right thing, but you know, it's not necessarily the right thing. Right. It, it, it's cool to see that 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 opposite there. Or that opposing viewpoint, I should say. So one thing that's interesting that 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 I'll go ahead and mention, and again for the sake of saying spoilers, but we know that uh, you know the Black Widow was uh, killed and uh, you know as part of this and was not brought back, right? Say it ain't so. So um, <laughs> Bucky has gone to some country that was all you know like this person I think had come to power but in support of Hydra Cap and um, obviously wasn't good for the people and whatever. So I, I get this feeling the whole time Bucky's going there, okay, you're back in your Winter Soldier, uh, you know, outfit and all that. And I'm like, you're fixing to kill him. You're fixing to shoot him. And so he's out there. He being Bucky is out there in the crowd. And then you, you see this dude get shot. And um, you never see anybody, but um, he he looks up at, at the top of the building and says something like, "That's so." I thought you something like I thought you this is where you would be or something like that. Meaning, it gave you the impression that Natasha is still alive. Ah, uh, well, nobody's ever dead in comics. Huh? Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, so let's get in, if you would like to, uh, into the Metal, or Dark Knight's Metal, and uh, the Revelation of Mr. Oz. So, my friend, tell me, which one would you like to take first? Let's do Dark Knight's first. All right, so Dark Knight, tell me, tell me about it. What were your thoughts? I do like the play on words in the title, because uh, I think it's spelled Dark Knight's N-I. Yes, yes, but it's if it has a deeper meaning, K N I. Correct. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, overall, I, we, and we talked about this before on um, on our YouTube channel. I don't know how I feel about this extra backstory 
of how Batman is is pre uh, determined or pre uh, he he's meant to be this 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 Bat character uh, since the inception of time. At least that would have felt like in the first book. I don't know. I haven't read the third book, so I don't know how that's changed. But it seemed like um, Batman was predestined to be who he is, and I just found that kind of weird. Uh, didn't really feel right to me. But um, I do think it's interesting how we have this other dark universe and the potential to have some more baddies come through and, and make things a little more interesting. What, what about you? So I have read the third one. And okay. without revealing too much to you, I will say that I had the same issue that you just described when I was reading the first two. It was like, eh, you know, the big thing with Batman to me has always been he is a man that does not have powers except for his mind. You know, he's yeah. he's very smart, but he, uh, you know, he can out uh, think the you know the best of them but his power is his mind not superhuman he's just a very good detective and he's a, a genius and etc and so forth and and yet he can go toe to toe with superman wonder woman and etc so having said that i did not want there to be any mysticism and yeah. etc and so forth now having said all of that they in the third issue, the writer goes and explains why this dark uh, multiverse has um, latched on to Batman to some degree, and why there's this character in the dark multiverse that has latched on to Batman, and why he even was aware of Batman, etc., and so forth. So it made a lot of that make a little bit more sense to me. Okay. Okay. That, that's cool. That's cool. I, I'm down for that. <laughs> so they, they do introduce something. Um, you know, we see these creatures that I'll call them, I guess they're people, but creatures. There's one called the Batman who smiles. Interesting. Any idea as to who the, the Batman who smiles is uh, in that universe? Well, I would say Joker. Yep. And he <laughs> has Robins on a chain, basically. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Sort of like uh, Michonne from Walking Dead. Yeah, and they're cannibalistic Robins on a oh, chain. God. Yeah. Who, who thought up this? Uh, I this mean, just. I don't know, man. But there's just, I don't know. And that's sick and that's gross. But there's something that's just like uniquely interesting over the idea of uh, the Batman who smiles and and uh, Robinson, I'm going to call him Robins on a chain. Oh, man. So let me ask you this. Um, kind of in the first few books, we see where Joker is kind of trying to... I'm not going to say save, but but he's kind of trying to get everybody on board that there's a greater threat coming. So does, does Joker continue to play a role in the next book? Or do we see kind of the people from Earth kind of banding together to try to take out this threat? No, we see more so of Clark and um, our Superman and Wonder Woman and the rest of the Justice League trying to find Batman. 
Ah, uh, ah. Uh, and huh. uh, Batman has stolen something, and he is uh, being chased by the Justice League to find what it is that um, you know he's uh, he you know he's going somewhere. I'll put it that way. And where he is going, they're trying to figure out where he's going and why he's stolen what he has stolen and what is he trying to do. And um, it just reminds you of how good Batman is at the things that he does. Um, Because there is a point to where Superman thinks that he has found Batman when he hasn't really found Batman, and again, it's like how smart Bruce Wayne really is. Huh, huh. So, have we got a little more ex- explanation on the medals and what they actually mean? I felt that was very fa- vague in the first book. Yes. Um, so, in the third book, it pretty much explains that, okay, so let's say that I am, all right, so let's say that there is this creature or there's this something that needs to pass through and to in order to uh, be able to pass through from the dark multiverse to the this universe or the DC universe there has to be a certain type of conduit which is in this case a person and they have to be exposed to all these different types of metals in order for their being, I guess, I don't know, to be uh, uh, able to bring that person through. Okay. So that's where the, you know, that's where him coming into contact with all these different metallic type of things uh, in the last, you know, five or six years has led to now him opening this door for this thing to come through. Oh, so this is the long game, the last five or six years, huh? Yeah. They, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been building. This, this writer has actually written the Batman comic proper uh, pretty much, if not all. I don't think quite all, but for pretty much the entire run since the New 52 started. Interesting. So Interesting. this has been building and building and building. So here's my question to you. We know coming up in the next few months, we will have what's called the doomsday clock, which is time runs out and it's the uh, meeting of the um, Watchmen in the DC universe. And, you know, it's this big thing. And I'm assuming we'll get Dr. Manhattan. He'll, um, uh, you know, we'll see maybe why, He's been screwing with the DC multiverse over the last uh, few years since. Uh, you the have to use that word with Doctor Manhattan, didn't you? What? <laughs> what did I say? You, you, you said screwing. Oh well, I was going to at first say, uh, you know, they're going to take Doctor Manhattan. He's going to put on some clothes. And, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we'll find out. Uh, you know, why he's been doing what he's been doing. So, um, you know, we've got this and we've got DC Dark Knight's metal. I can't figure out how, but I think DC has been so good lately of tying their stories. 
I just think these two are going to tie into each other somehow. Yeah, yeah. So can I talk about a, t- a few ultra cheese scenes from the first two books? Absolutely, go for well, it. Well, well, one of the greatest, I guess, is, is extra cheese. So there's one scene where they're in this coliseum battling for their life with, I forgot the guy's name, but he has these devices on them that Mongol. prevent them from using their powers. Mongol. And, you know, first of all, first off, the Coliseum reminded me of Thor Ragnarok a little bit. Like, okay, okay maybe they're copping off that a little bit. But then there's this um, scene where they get eaten by these monsters and they form like this Voltron slash Power Rangers type thing. Stay with escape. Voltron. I'd much rather watch Voltron. <laughs> I was just like, this is so ridiculous. And I couldn't believe it was an actual comic. It was, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it was kind of on the nose. But you know what? There there were as many people that said weird like you and I. There was probably a uh, section of the audience that were, you know, big Voltron and Power Rangers fan going, oh, 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 they're, they're you know, oh, look, 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 look. They just turned into Power Rangers. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Kendra. Yes. Uh, she is over the this organization, I guess. Um, the Blackhawks, uh, yes. Yeah, the Blackhawks. And she's called Lady Blackhawk. Am I remembering that correctly? You are remembering correctly. Did you get the Carol Danvers vibe with her? No, because I because I I've, totally I've seen her because I've seen her before, and I've and I no I did not get the, the Carol Danvers vibe. You want to know how and how, how I know I didn't? Why is that? I like her. <laughs> well, I'm I'm talking about as far as being tough and in authority. Uh, I I really felt that Danvers vibe, which no. I was interested to know your opinion because you know you you have this animosity toward. No, toward, I really uh, didn't because I saw her more as Hulk Woman. And have you have you ever seen the uh, uh, DC Unlimited and or Justice League Unlimited and, uh, Justice League cartoons? Yeah, uh, no, I have not. Okay, uh, I'll find you a good episode with Hulk Woman. Uh, our Hulk girl, I think is what she was referred to on there. Um, it, it was not Kendra, it was Shiera, but they're, they're technically the same person. So if you see her, you would understand why uh, her being a badass it was not a shock because uh, in the cartoon, which was very good, by the way, um, she, she was known for hitting people with a mace. So... Ah. So uh, seeing her be in control after seeing her on the cartoon and in the comics flying around hitting people with a mace, nah, <laughs> she was she was mild. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, any other takeaways from from uh, Dark Knight's Darkest Days? Yeah, well they're bringing they're bringing back. Did you see something called the Challengers of the Unknown? Uh, if I did, it didn't jump out. They, at me, they, so they were wearing that. purple. Uh, uh, they didn't actually show. You know, you, they didn't interact, but you did see them. Um, you did see them in costume, and they were like, like I said, they were called the Challengers of the Unknown. Hmm. And they are a DC variation to the Fantastic Four. Oh, really? 
Yeah. That sounds sounds interesting. And um, another takeaway, there was a round egg-looking thing that they showed. I think Batman or somebody went into a room, and there was this uh, egg with a uh, yellow diamond in the center of it. You remember seeing that? Actually, I don't. I don't. I think it was in one of those two issues. It may not have been. Well, the, that's going to signal the return of Plastic Man. Mm. You, may, okay. you, you ever heard of Plastic Man? <laughs> yes, I have, but I know I don't know a lot about him. But I've heard him before. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't been seen in probably a good ten years in the comics. But he dates all the way back to like the early, early golden age of comics and was more of a slapstick type character back in the early days. Hmm. So So, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to mention, I thought it was cool how they, uh, we saw Talia uh, for for a bit. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting. (laughs) A a pretty cool interaction between uh, her and Bruce. So, so let me, yeah, let me, let, you know, I've never been a Talia fan other than, knowing who she is. And I guess yeah. I could be a fan because I do like Damien. So um, with with her being his mother, I guess I have to like her. So let me ask you this. With uh, You saw, saw Lady Blackhawk with Kendra. Um, do you, you, did you get the connection between her and Hawkman? Um, no, other than the connection I've known they've had for, for before, but, but what, all right. So what, tell what, me about your, what you know of her before. Uh, mainly I got most of my history of, of those two is from legends of tomorrow. Okay. So I don't, I don't know how closely that ties into what's going on in the comics. Probably not at all, but it is very basic, you know, um, uh, what you see there presented in the show. Yeah. She, Kendra was okay. So, Traditionally, the character of, uh, you know, Hawk Girl or Hawk Woman has always been Shayera or Shayara uh, Hall, uh, however you want to pronounce it. Um, That, you know, she had long uh, reddish, you know, had long red hair. And um, then about, I'm going to think, sometime in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, when they came out with the Justice Society um, comic called JSA, they introduced a character, a new Hulk girl, who was actually the uh, incarnation, the reincarnation still of the soul that was Hulk girl. But she wasn't Shayera anymore. They they, They changed the name and Called her Kendra Sandra, Sandra Saunders or whatever. Yeah, and, and that's that's who we see in Legends and that's of the, and that's the one you see there. So why do you think they chose to change the? I'm assuming race as well with this one and hair color completely. What what's, what was the impetus to to make that change? All right, well, Kendra and JSA, she was still Caucasian. But she uh, had did have the brown hair, so that okay. was consistent. However, in their Earth 2 comic, which was like an alternate Earth in the New 52, 
Kendra's uh, race was also changed as well as her hair. So I think they're just paying a little bit more, maybe also to um, the character that was on Legends of Tomorrow. She wasn't, uh, you know, Caucasian. Yeah, and then, like, I don't think even, I think she's Latino, but, it's, I mean, they have freedom to, to change the race, I think, just because it is a reincarnation, and does reincarnation necessarily mean it doesn't mean the same body necessarily? It just you know no, and it can't be the same body because the other one yeah. dies, and that's how they go through time. Yeah, then like the basis of reincarnation is people thinking they came from animals and things like that. So I think it is cool that they can change it, but it's it's kind of weird that both of them can exist at the same time. I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, true. Good point. So how is it? reincarnation then when they're both wait now who's both at the same time help me out there wait didn't you say kendra and the what's the what's the shiar well 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 okay picture it this like let's say this generation she's she's reborn as she she, shiara again well then the next generation that came that soul was born in the name of kendra saunders Okay. So, sure so, so, so they weren't <laughs> existing at the same time, no. Okay, okay, good. You, you, you explained it for me, yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So any other metal thoughts? Um, Not really, not really. I'm interested to see where they go with it. And also, I mean, we just talked about the whole Dark Phoenix and, and the return of Jean Grey. Like, what are they doing on the DC side to kind of get ready for the Justice League movie? Do they not even care, or are they going to be any tie-ins, or uh, they're just oblivious to what's going on in the movie universe? You know, I I, I want to say that they're doing their own thing in the comics. You know, yeah. I, and I don't think they're really depending on let's hinge it on the movies. They're just... Cause, because they've already got their events that they're building up to, and the movie just happens to come out in November, but they've already, you know, got Doomsday Clock and Metal going, and that's going to go through the end of the year. Yeah, business as usual. Huh? Business as usual. That's what happens when your characters are owned by the same uh, movie and publishing company. <laughs> but do we see any of the drawing in the comics kind of reflect how the movie characters look like we see on the Marvel TV slash movie side? Uh, oh, I, per, per I'll give you a perfect comics? example. Wonder Woman. Oh, mm, Yeah, the, absolutely. Wonder, she Wonder looks Woman. like Gal Gadot now? Well, the, the, the costume. She okay, never, yeah, the costume. Yeah, yeah. The costume. she yeah. never uh, had the, uh, you know, you went from the bathing suit to the more traditional that Gal Gadot wore. So that costume that she's got in the comic now is based on the movie. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, that that to me, I think, is the, the perfect example. Yeah, and I know we're going to talk about um, the, 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 the Oz and Superman thing, but... Yeah, it was just dark to me how the Superman in the comic looks nothing at all like the Superman we have in the movie. And even when he's Clark Kent, he is very much probably 10 times nerdier in the comics than he is in the movie. Because even as a as a reporter in the movie, like uh, Henry Cavill still looks cool. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Yeah. 
And you know what? There is, and, and it's on YouTube, and I'll have to go find it, and I'll send it to you. Um, and we'll post it uh, on our YouTube, uh, not YouTube, we'll post it on our Facebook page after we find it. But there is a scene that they're showing from one of the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. And they were showing the special effects of, you know, Clark versus uh, Superman. And the special effects was, and this is just showing what a brilliant actor he was. It was, it was this clip, and it was no more than five seconds of uh-huh. him putting, uh, like, adjusting his glasses or putting on the glasses and, and, you know, walking. But at one minute, he's Superman, and one minute, he's Clark. And all it is is a change of posture and change of facial expression. Huh. But 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 it but 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 it it it, when you watch it, you're just going to want to like rewind, 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 because it's just weird how different he looks in the two. Interesting. And and the special effects is none. And that's what was so cool (laughs) about it. Simpler times, man. Yep. Simpler, simpler. All right. So back to speaking of Superman, actually, um, Mr. Oz has been revealed. So let me tell a little bit about who Mr. Oz is, and then I want to get into what you thought about that issue. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Mr. Oz was created by comic book writer Jeff Johns and and artist John Romita Jr., and he first appeared in issue number 32 of Superman. This was volume three during the New 52. So... Mr. Oz, hooded figure that, as again, first seen with Superman. He's been seen with uh, Supergirl. He's been seen with the Green Lantern Corps, uh, with how Jordan has uh, interacted with him. And all during that time, he has, you know, like I said, this big staff. He's cloaked, uh, hooded figure, acting in shadows. He's also... Uh, responsible for uh, kidnapping Tim Drake, who was also one of the former Robins, and making everyone uh, feel—I mean, everyone think not feel, but think—that uh, Tim is dead. Now we find out who Mister Oz is. But before we get to the revelation of his <laughs> identity, I got a question for you. Sure. What did you think about all the things that were going on? In particular, some of the things that Superman was doing in that uh, issue. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, other than the reveal, I, I feel those were very compelling, uh, interesting uh, takes on the world as a whole. Um, it it, it kind of confused me how uh, it seems like this character's whole, this character being Oz, whole... Um, mission was to to show superman the worst of the human race it's like um they're not good enough for you why are you helping these people and a few of those things reminded me of current social climate or political climate i should say um but but overall i thought it was very interesting how we had these different vignettes of of um you know 
warring tribes killing each other. Um, people, you know, fussing about the 1%. Um, people fussing about the the immigration taking their jobs. And I thought, I mean, aside from it being a comic, I thought those were interesting um, vignettes to uh, issues that we may or may not be having in the current current uh, world sphere. All right, so let me ask you this, and, and you read, and you led right into that perfectly, by the way. So let me ask you this. There, there was a scene... And there were many scenes. So, so before I say what I'm about to say, there were many scenes in many parts of the Earth that Superman was interacting with people in different scenarios. Is that a true statement? Yeah, definitely. definitely. All right. And all of those scenarios across the world were being orchestrated to occur because of people who either they were being mind-controlled or they were being um, on the payroll or whatever. But did you notice, like, a lot of the people that had these people whispering into their ear, the ones that were doing the whisper had an OZ tattoo. Do you remember seeing that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. So they're all uh, agents of eyes, I will call them. That's pretty cool, agents of eyes. So um, one particular one was this person who had lost his job, and the workers who were there were not of the same racial background as he was. Again, true statement, right? Yeah, yeah. So do you, did you take while reading that that Superman was trying to be political? Um, I definitely felt the writer was hitting on various – Things that might might be going on in the current political climate. Yes, definitely. Okay, so and there's no really there's no real right or wrong answer here. So, do you think that that is a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know because I mean, okay, Superman. Just take that first example. Uh, Superman saves the the guy that got fired because the immigrants took his job. You know, the guy was trying to kill him. So is is that wrong for him to kill him? Yes. But I think there could have been more opportunity to kind of explain what's going on there. I don't I don't know. It's really weird because <laughs> it's a very political issue in this comic book. And Superman kind of just says, why, why, why would you do this? You know, and hands him over to the cops. But yes, yes. But it's very much meant by by this Oz agents of Oz <laughs> to bring out the worst in people. And, and definitely seems like the writer was making a statement on what is seen as some of the worst of human tendencies that are going on in current day. So before I go where I was trying to lead this to, you know, I was sitting here thinking that, you know, the, the interesting caveat to my question that I just posed becomes is it okay in our mind, meaning our, whoever, me, you, anyone listening to this podcast, is it okay as long as whatever that is that's being displayed in that comic agrees with our sense of right and wrong as we see things? 
Yeah, well, I think the great thing about this book as is is that, and and again, this is a problem I had kind of had a little bit with the current season of Doctor Who season ten. In this book, it was a little, it was vague on what is causing this strife or this, you know, this sense of these people don't belong here or these other things happening. It didn't get too political in that sense. Whereas when you look at Doctor Who season 10, you know, Trump is mentioned many times <laughs> throughout the season alongside these jabs or fiery darts thrown in the Trump, at the Trump administration. So, I mean, I think in this case, it's more of a moral dilemma versus a political dilemma. You know what I'm saying? Right. So here's where I was going in this, and I and I pulled this from an article that I found on VoxVox.com. And when this uh, issue came out last week, uh, there was a article on Fox News, and there was also something on Breitbart News that was basically uh, blasting Superman for being. Uh, you know, un-American and not no longer red, white, and blue, and yeah. whatever. And I don't get that. You know what? You know what? I, I will admit. I will admit. <laughs> let me pull back a little bit. I will admit when the guy who was shooting up the the immigrants had like an American flag uh, as a headscarf, <laughs> as a head do rag on his head. Or right. I thought, okay, that that might that might be a little bit too on the nose. You know. Okay. So. Uh, let, let me let, let me read just a just a section to you. So this is a this is from that article, and it says their argument is that the comic book writers and artists have inserted a pro illegal immigrant agenda into their comics, and that's part of the larger trend of pub of politicizing comic books. And you know, you and I have been sitting here talking, and, and yes, you know that that is kind of true. Because look at what happened with X-Men several months ago with an artist from another country that was putting his own hidden yeah. hidden message, and he ultimately got fired for it. Yeah, who's to say what's right and wrong? Right. You know? Uh, so, but, 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 but let me add this. I'm almost finished with this, but let me add this. But, but they go on to say in this article, but there are a couple of things to note about this issue. The first is that undocumented workers, quote-unquote, designation in the in this particular issue number 987 comes from the homicidical uh white supremacist uh and that person is an unreliable narrator it could be interpreted that he's shooting at the workers at his own company who aren't white because he's stereotyping and projecting his bigotry onto them so what i reason i wanted to mention that is you know the way and it goes back to what you said. There was not any exposition to really explain. But we don't know that those people that he is about to take uh, his uh, anger out with his uh, you know, rifle or whatever are indeed undocumented workers. He may yeah. only assume that. Well, they speak Spanish, so I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> Come on, come on. But, 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 but see, therein, if we say that, we then have to uh, to to be guilty of that same assumption. Well, I mean, okay, they were speaking Spanish. Again, the guy did the shooting had an American flag head bandana. 
I think we're. I mean, regardless if we know for sure, quote unquote, or not, it was pretty much what they were gunning for. Can can we say that? True, 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 true. I get, I, I, and I agree with that. But I, what I found, uh, are there my my sole purpose of mentioning that was, it, and and I am the quickest whenever I think you know I'm wronged or whatever to you know to get on my soapbox and. Uh, you know, start going off about something. I'm, I'm, I'm easily guilty of that. But um, it's a comic book, <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's that's what I wanted to come back and and think whenever you know it's a comic book. But 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 again, but again, I know we've been harping on this. I know we need to get off. But again, the whole the whole point of that scene is that this shadowy figure is whispering into the worker's ear. You know, that's not right. And to me, you know, I'm waffling back and forth now as I think about this more. You know, what did we hear for the past year of this election? Correct. You know, those whispers in your ear about this isn't right. They're taking your jobs. And yeah, maybe maybe that is a political statement in, in, in a very subtle sense of these shadowy figures figures whispering in these various people's ears and sending them down a dark path. So so, I, so here's how I'm going to wrap uh, that particular th- uh, thought of, of if, is it right or is it wrong? And is, is and are comic books uh, or co- a comic book political? I will take you back to the 1940s when comic books began and the United States government used comic books as a internal propaganda thing to spread American patronage and patriotism, uh, you know, internal to keep spirits up. I mean, back then, you know, Superman was toting flags around and, you know, it was everything all American. I mean, one of the first uh, Captain America comics or his first appearance, he's hitting Hitler. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, comic books are just like any medium are going to be, uh, you know, their writers are human and are going to have views. That's just that simple. Yeah, yeah to- totally agreed. Totally agreed. I mean, and furthermore, uh, I remember Lee, our co-host on Discussing Who, Lee Shackelford, he posted a Fantastic Four uh, panel with this this I can't remember the character's name, but he was basically a racist character, and it showed how they were walking through the streets and hearing these things, and eventually, um, you know, kind of broke up a riot at the end. But it's just interesting, like you said, this has been going on forever, and you know, where do we draw the line on them making statements um, that are commentary on the current state of, of the current culture? Or it going too far with the with the character putting in the anti-Semitic things into the X-Men book. It's a fine line. And, you know, depending on where, where you are in the world, you may have vastly different views on it. Correct. And, and, and you know what? I have a feeling that people who listen to us, some people will agree with the things that we you, you and I may have just said. Some people will disagree. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with with either you know, point of view, that's the good thing. Everybody can 
disagree or agree or whatever, but what we can all dis, uh, agree not on or agree upon is I wasn't expecting the reveal of who Mr. Oz was to be who Mr. Oz was. Oh, yeah, get into that. You know, I mean, after you gave that backstory that he's had adventures with, with Supergirl, with with Green Lantern. Or not necessarily and, adventures, he's just shown up. He, he's shown up with them, and as well as Superman, before. Um, I'm wondering how much of this was a last minute, we gotta have the gotcha, you know. <laughs> Let's make this new Oz arc, and we're gonna have the gotcha in the first issue. You know what I'm saying? How much is of it is that, or... Many months ago that they know who this would be, you know? Yeah, I'm with you because to me, and I know it would have been an obvious choice, I thought it was Ozymandias or Ozymandias or Mandeus or however, I thought it was Oz from The Watchmen. That's who I thought it was all along. And I know it's tongue-in-cheek to say Mr. Oz and his name in The Watchmen was Ozymandias or whatever. I get that, that that's just like, okay, just say that it is, but that's who I thought it was, and it would have made sense to me kind of for it to have been him since they're bringing in the Watchmen, but we now know that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, definitely they were going for the shock factor because I was like, okay, how could this be possible? (laughs) Oh, uh, hey, uh, you did another word. Lee Shackelford, if you're listening, uh, (laughs) you know, record that audio. Um, You know what? Um, I don't know if I was shocked more as in my brain started questioning, are you really – okay, so let me say it. It was Jor-El, uh, the father of uh, Kal-El, who is Superman, obviously. Um, you know, I started questioning, is this really Jor-El? Is this someone in disguise as Jor-El? If this is Jor-El, is he even from this same reality? Yeah, man. And that's the thing with these different Earths and stuff like that. How you you anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? See, here's here's the the thing that just doesn't sit right with me and everything, you know, that I've read in this past week that people are like, "Okay, is this really him?" and, you know, etc. is he referred to him, I think, in Rebirth number one, and he's in all of his interactions, he's referred to him as Clark. Uh huh. Why, if you named your son Kal-El, are you referring to him as Clark? Even when he you are not with him, you know, in not I could understand if you were trying to withhold your identity and Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Why are you referring to him if you're just looking at a view screen and are talking about him? Why are you saying, you know, Clark, I taught you that or something like that? Because they didn't know who he was until now. <laughs> the writers did. Yeah. And that's the way I feel. I think they, they just decided at the last minute, oh, it's kind of cold. Let's make it Jor-El. Yeah. Yeah. But it is cool, though. I will admit that. It is kind of cool. It is. It it, it kind of makes you want you know understand maybe a little bit of why he was obsessed with Superman to some degree. Yeah, and the whole sentiment that he don't doesn't think the Earth is good enough for for his son, you know. Yeah, that that now that I could kind of, uh, you know, we sent you to a backwater planet, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. 
though. I think he could have just told him that instead of causing mass chaos. I don't know. Maybe. True. Maybe <laughs> maybe at the same time of, or maybe when he did. Uh, uh, now, here's an interesting thought. What if at. OK, so at the time that uh, Dr. Manhattan did what he did at Flashpoint to change and t- steal time or whatever to create the new 52. What if he also went and yanked um, Jor-El out of Krypton right as it was exploding, hence why he was uh, you know, physically damaged or scarred, and at that point he brings him to the present, and that's why he's been following Superman. Uh, you know, mm. f- Maybe that's the origin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I would have definitely have to get a why on that because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, but why has he done what he's done anyway to mess with the DC yeah, universe? Yeah, 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 true. That's true. But you know what I have a feeling? I have a feeling we're going to find out uh, over the next couple of months, and we, we will probably be discussing that on this podcast. Definitely. Next time. <laughs> so do you have anything uh, else that you want to talk about on here? Um, as far as comics, no. But are you saying plugs or whatever? Hey, if you want to plug something, go for it. Yes. Uh, let me try to do this right. <laughs> I do a couple more podcasts. I do one called Techpedition, where we talk about all things tech, anime, uh, things like that. Gadgets. And I also, and that's at techpedition.com, T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. And I also do a podcast with Cal Jones here called STD, a Star Trek Discovery Podcast. Haha, <laughs> funny, I know. But yeah, you should check it out. That is at stdpodcast.com. And don't blame me. Blame blame Paramount or CBS. They named it that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cal, <laughs> what are you working on? Man? You know, uh, it, it was, you know, I got to say this. I was actually talking last night about the name. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I was talking about, you know, how the, the name of that podcast has particular letters that people <laughs> find funny. And I get that. And, the, th- the you know, I was told the same thing that you just said, which was, Blame Paramount. They're the ones that named it. Yeah, yeah. They had to see that one coming. Yeah, they had to see that one coming. So uh, having said that, uh, of course, you know, you can find Clarence and I here on Discussing Who along with Lee Shackelford. You can also find Clarence and I on our YouTube channel, which is uh, easily found at youtube.discussingwho.com. That'll take you right to it. And we've got videos where we talk about uh, just um, things of comic book lore, a uh, couple being who is Domino, who is Cable, who is the Black Panther. Um, we talk about the Inhumans. Um, we review trailers. Who knows what we might be reviewing or talking about on there next. But uh, again, that is discussing, excuse me, youtube.discussingwho.com. Check us out on our Facebook page, which is Facebook dot com backslash discussing who 
And if you would like to support the show, uh, you can now do that on Patreon. We now have a Patreon account. And if you would like to chip in a dollar a month, maybe, or a little more, uh, we would be glad for you to do that. So uh, check us out on patreon.com backslash discussing who, and you will have our eternal gratitude. So thank you very much in advance. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, and also, uh, I'll just add, uh, also follow our other co-host, Lee Shackerford's uh, podcast, as well as Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash relativity. And you might even hear these two big heads on there talking about <laughs> trying to, to act the best of their ability. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. More, more you than me, because you got a lot more screen time. <laughs> screen time or air time or whatever uh, earphone time and uh, speaker time yeah maybe just maybe just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit so but hey regardless that 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 was an honor uh for for both of us so kudos um so for anyone listening before my voice uh completely goes away uh, if you have any thoughts about this episode let us know you can send us feedback and I'm going to let Clarence take us out by telling us uh, or telling you uh, how they can leave feedback because my voice is exiting stage left. <laughs> yeah, guys, you can finish, send us feedback at discussingwho at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a voicemail at 805-850-D-WHO. And uh, we're, again, like how I mentioned before, we're discussing who on all of the various social media platforms. So drop us a line. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song, and they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant, the list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.